0: Hey, this is Dave Ryder from Kalamunda Church of Christ. Really praying this podcast blesses you. If you'd like to hear more of our story, how about you go to our webpage, kalamunda.church. That's good, isn't he? Well, you we may have a seat. We're going to continue what has been happening already. And if I can just have someone bring up the podium, that would be wonderful. Thank you. Well, it's good to be back, isn't it? And I wonder how many of us, it was a bit of a shock that we actually had to get out of our pyjamas and brush our hair to come to church this morning. But isn't it good to to all gather again and um, to be in one place, in one house? Um, so I just want to release the kids. They can go to kids' church. Um, so have we got a direction for them to proceed into? Where's... Mrs. Medellin, so they go down the stairs. So kids, if you want to go down the stairs to Christ, you can all go now. Enjoy. It's three kids going, my kids. Do you know how hard it is to do church at home with kids? I tell you what, it was a mission, but we got there. But I'm so excited that Kids Church is back on. (laughs) So... Well, I want to um, share a word today that God laid on my heart um, a month or so ago and I thought I actually would have to give it to the camera again, so I'm very excited to be able to give it face to face with actual people. Um, it was an experience actually talking to the camera, but it was, um, yeah, it was good how that it didn't, um, that got we could get the word out still. We've come such a long way that, you know, people didn't miss out and that was awesome to see that the power of technology to be able to spread the word. But today I want to speak on a message called Remember Who You Are. And God actually spoke to me through the kids' movie, the new Lion King movie, and uh, um, my kids were watching it in the holidays and I was in my bedroom and then all of a sudden I just felt to go and watch it with them and I walked in on this scene and it was in that scene that the Lord birthed this message And you know, if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through a lion. And so I'm gonna show you a little clip in a moment, but for those that are not familiar with the story or forgotten it, um, I just wanna just give you the overview of the story, and um, then we're gonna get into it. So many of us would know that Simba is the potential king, and when his dad is killed in a stampede his uncle Scar tells Simba that it's his fault and to run away and never come back because he wants to be king and he knows with Simba, the next in line, out of the way, Scar can do that. But under Scar's rule and reign, the kingdom begins to suffer and um, is suffering. And everyone thinks Simba's dead, but Simba's actually in the woodlands. L- He's met some friends, Pumbaa and Taman. And he's living a life of kuma matata, a life of no worries, carefree, no responsibility. And then Rafiki the baboon gets whiffed that Simba is in fact alive. So he goes looking for Simba and he finds him parading around, playing around in the woodlands and he urges him to come back. But Simba will have no bar of it. He doesn't want to give up his life now and go back to all this. And, I, and, he, and he believed a lie. He believed a lie that it was his fault and it was time for him to learn the truth. And so I want to show you the scene in which I walked in and how God spoke to me through that. (laughs) Remember who you are and that line really spoke to me. That I've never left you nor have I ever left you but remember who you are. And it was in that moment they had that vision of his dad and he felt his dad speak to him but i believe that god wants to remind us who we are and it's like it's been like in this time of pause where everything was shut down and locked down we couldn't go anywhere and we worked from home and we did school from home and church from home as i said before when i was praying i felt like god was doing a deep work in his people And he's been shifting and sorting and testing and realigning. And the last Sunday before church went on pause, the services as we meet together, I spoke at another church and I I felt three things in particular. That God wanted wanted to bring new paths, new strength and new speed. And I'd sense that a lot of people had become wearied. In their walk, and there had been many hindrances to running that um, people had actually felt um, tired—a real tiredness. But God says that those who wait upon the Lord shall gain new strength. And just the other day, there was a message by a man called Dutch Sheets that really caught my attention, and it was it was entitled "Emerging with New Strength." And it was a prophetic message about this time. And I just wanted to share a part of a vision he had because I think it sums up well what God's been doing. But he, he had a picture of a forge where blacksmiths worked using fire and intense heat to forge tools and weapons. And he, and he sensed that in this season there had been a forging. That the pressure and the heat had been used to purify and test, and shape and form new new weapons, new tools. But he actually saw in June, and it's interesting that the churches um, they were talking about in America and even here are gathering again in June. He saw in June that there would be a release of the church that would uh, emerge with new strength with new authority and a rejuvenated spirit and a confidence to function as a well-trained army. And I actually really believe that. I really sense that, that there's a coming together and there's an emerging with a new strength and a new fire and a new authority. See, we, we need to remember who we are. And we need to remember actually who God says we are. And I believe that at times we forget that. And we may be tempted at times, particularly in the thick of the virus where we were unsure what would happen and where this would go, we can be tempted to ask the question, Lord, where are you? Have you left us? But I felt the Lord encouraging, even in this movie, I've never left you, nor will I ever leave you. And Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous, Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And we know that when Jesus left his disciples, when he left earth, he never left us as orphans. Who did he leave us with? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, the power of God. In John 14, we, find, um, we read that in verses 15 to 31. But the other thing that God seems to be really reminding me of, and I'm seeing it everywhere or reading it everywhere, is that there's actually a whole invisible army that works with us, sent to serve us and partner with us, and that's the angelic hosts. Jesus is the Lord of the hosts. But I'm going to get more, a little bit more into that um, in, a, in a moment or down the track. But in preparing this message, I just really felt God wanted to remind us who's with us and who we are. And one of the stories that God led me to was actually from Mark 4, verses 35 to 41. And this really answers the where are you question. This is the account of the great storm and it's on there. And we read that it says that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now that's a powerful story and we can use it obviously to as an analogy for the storms of life we go in. But sometimes we can be like the disciples. Where are you? What are you doing? Do you not even care? Have you gone to sleep on the job? And what were the disciples doing in that moment? Well, obviously they were panicking, freaked out. But what they were trying to really do is actually draw Jesus into their anxiety. Do you know it's hard to be calm when you're woken up by 12 angry men shouting at you and demanding you do something? Who likes being woken up? not many of us, but to actually be woken up by craziness, I don't know if you've had your kids you know, run and jump on you and wake you up, it's not nice to be woken up when you're in a deep sleep, but Jesus got up calmly, rebuked the winds and the waves and said, quiet, be still, and then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. But not only did he calm the wind, what he really was saying to the disciples was, be still and know that I am God. And what he was actually doing was instead of being drawn into the anxiety, he was drawing them into his peace. He was trying to draw them from the midst of the storm into his rest. And instead of comforting, comforting them, he rebuked them. Why are you still afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I feel like sometimes it's the same with us. We're having another freak out, another moment. And he's like, why are you still afraid? Do you still not have no faith? Where have you been all these years where I've worked in the midst of situations? And you can imagine the frustration. Had they not learnt anything by walking with him? Did they still not have trust and faith? Essentially what he was saying was, you don't need to be afraid because I'm with you. And if I can rest in the midst of a storm, then so can you. See, this must have been some storm because they were fishermen. They were used to storms. But this was such a storm that it rattled them. And God wants to remind us, Jesus wants to remind us, hey, I'm in the boat with you. I'm not frazzled. (laughs) What do we want to be reminded of? We want to be reminded that you're in the boat with us (laughs) and that you're Lord of the storm. (laughs) and We don't need to be frazzled, Siri. (laughs) We can be calm because Psalm 46 says, you are our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in times of trouble, Therefore, we will not fear. And I don't know if you'll still feel like you're in the midst of some storms, and the waves are crashing over and it's out of control, but I just sense that the Lord wants to remind His people, "I've never left you, nor will I ever leave you. Remember who I am and remember who you are in me." See so the other question we may be asking is, God, what are you doing? So we look around the world and the world is it's like it's gone crazy this year. We look around the world and there's you know there's all these things that are happening in America with the racism and there's riots and there's been bush bushfires this year and the pandemic and, and and our own individual things. And we can say lord what are you doing? Are you asleep on this boat? What are, you, what are you doing? But I feel like the Lord would actually say to us, what are you doing? What are you going to do about it? Remember who you are. Remember the authority that I've given you in Christ. And I believe that the Lord really wants to encourage his church to... um to awaken to the authority that we actually have in Christ. And I believe that in almost like the pause that the world went into you know it was it was there were some good things in it like it, I'm not saying it was good but there were some refreshing things in it where life slowed down and things stopped and we we re-evaluated our priorities. And we didn't get dragged from here, there and everywhere. And there's probably some things that we will take from that and we won't go back to, and that's actually a good thing. But su- but I I sense almost like this warning <laughs> of the Lord was we weren't to get comfortable in our pause. We wouldn't we weren't to get complacent or stuck in the pause. To say I like this life, I like I like going to church in my pajamas and not actually having to get in my car and, and come out again in the cold. I like to be able to you know f- surf through the all the channels and if I don't like the speaker, I'll just flick it to the next. So I like to be able to do that. But I feel like the Lord wants to remind us who we are. One Peter two nine says, "But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood." a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Isn't that a good verse? We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, so that we may... Declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's the mission, one of the missions of the church. See, royal speaks of one who rules and reigns. And in Christ, we come into that royal linehood. And priesthood speaks of one who stands in the gap. And we have both and dutch sheets in his book authority in prayer writes this he says symbolically we are seated with christ on his throne the scriptures up there that you can see he says we're told to reign in life we are instructed to extend his scepter And we are given keys of kingdom authority with which to bind and loose, forbid and allow. We are kings and queens, royalty. And whereas priests offer up to heaven, kings proclaim downward to earth. And just as Christ decreed the will of the Father in situations, pronouncing blessing and curses, casting out demons, healing the sick, even raising the dead, we are told as royal priests to proclaim the excellencies of God. So we are to do these works in Christ. We are Christ's ambassadors here on earth. And just like Jesus had authority over the storm, he has delegated authority to us in his name And through his word to exercise his will and his authority on earth as it is in heaven. And so we too can speak to the storms of life. And why not all storms cease? Because we're not promised a stormless existence. The Bible says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials. Because you know that the trials test your faith and grow you. But we do have authority to speak peace into situations and to be carriers of his peace and to draw people into the peace of Christ. We have authority over the works of darkness and to extend his will on earth. So we all know that in Genesis 1, man was made in God's image, and man was created to have authority over the all created things. He was told to have dominion and to rule. But through sin, man lost that authority. And when I say man, I mean man and woman. But man lost that authority. And it was given over to Satan. And Satan was referred to the God of this age. We see that in 2 Corinthians 4.4. And that's why in the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, Satan said to Jesus, all the kingdoms of the world I will give you if you worship me. Because he had authority over the world. And he was offering it to Jesus, but Jesus was not going to take the shortcut. It needed to be done legally. And so that's why Jesus came to get back the authority that man stole, and to break Satan's headship over this earth. And where the first man lost the authority, the second man, Jesus, regained that authority through the work of the cross when he died and rose again. And because we are seated in Christ in heavenly places, we now have that authority under Christ. And we've been given that authority to go in and bring his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. In Matthew 16, 18 to 19, in the Amplified, Jesus says this. On this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, death, will not overpower it by preventing the resurrection of the Christ. I will give you the keys of authority of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, forbid. Declared to be improper and unlawful on earth Will have already been bound in heaven And whatever you loose or permit, declare lawful on earth Will have already been loosed in heaven Now the word here, church, is, comes from ecclesia e- ecle- Am I saying it right? Ecclesia? I think I'm, so, I'm looking at my dad N- It's not a building, it's not just a worship service what it meant was a people of god called out called out from the world and the greeks knew it as an assembly of people set apart to govern the affairs of a state or nation and so it's like that governmental authority to bring god's kingdom here on earth and the gates the gates of hades they weren't physical gates Again, gates represented where priests would sit, or a governing body, and they would govern the affairs of a state or nation. So again, it's that—that's authority that we're to have authority over. And the words "bind" and "loose" were actually legal terms. So to bind in court meant to stop anything illegal, and to loose meant to permit anything legal so we don't just go around binding and loosing whatever we want our basis for binding and loosing is actually the word of god and it's the will of god and so the authority that we carry is based on the name of jesus where we're called to exercise his kingdom and reign so sometimes we can think god what are you doing aren't you going to do something about it but as I said before, I feel like the Lord's saying, well, what are you going to do about it? I've actually given you keys of authority to open and release and loose my will and to bind up that which is illegal. So Satan can't have authority anymore over you, only what we allow and permit. So his mission is to come kill, steal and destroy, but we don't have to allow him to have that authority. He would like to believe, get you to believe that he has it But as Simba forgot the authority that he had, he wasn't walking in it. And so the enemy took full advantage of that. But Simba had to go back and take up his place again and take up the keys of authority to be able to rule and reign in the kingdom. Does that make sense? Because it's a lot of teaching, I thought I'd break it up with a story. We can all just breathe. That was a lot. You did well. First Sunday back. I'm not very good at, let's just have small chats. I go, let's go right in for the kill. <laughs> but my auntie and uncle, they were missionaries in Africa for many, many years. And one, one particular night, my, um, my dad, so it's his sister, my dad, Richard McAllister, he was woken up in the middle of the night to urgently pray for them. So he began to pray and pray for their safety and their protection until that burden lifted. The next day he was in touch with them and he said, you know, is everything okay? And they said, well, actually, no, we're good. But we were actually held up by this whole rebel group with our AK-47 pointed at us. And the, and the rebels tried to shoot us six times. But each time they shot, it blanked out. There were blanks. And after the sixth time, the rebels said, we don't know who is looking after you. but And then they ran off. Do you know that's, that the, and that happened time another time as well where they were in such grave danger. And again, someone was waking up to pray for them and they were spared and their life was protected. That's my spot. There we go. Do so, you know our prayers release the power of God? They release God's angels. Do you know Psalm 103 says that the angels heed to the word of the Lord? So they get sent out on mission, and when we speak the word of God and when we speak the will of God, it's almost like the the Lord releases them out on mission okay go go and protect my people go and comfort my people go and minister to my people like the, the angels ministered to jesus we saw that so they don't heed to our word but the word of god as we declare it and so as we bind and we loose according to god's word i believe the commander of the host jesus releases god's angels And so I can just imagine that day with the gun pointed at their face that there was a big angel with his finger in the barrel of the gun, smiling, you try again, you try again, and blank, blank. God wants to remind us of this invisible army, I believe, of his angelic host sent to fight the enemy and to partner with us. And it's interesting this week I kept hearing messages or of, of prophetic words on angels. And part of that, that prophetic word that Dutch Sheets gave was he felt that the day of Pentecost was very significant this year. Just as there was a literal Passover this year. That there would be a literal Pentecost where God was dispatching many, many angels Hebrews one fourteen says, "Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation?" And so, while we don't worship angels, we don't glorify them. We need to be reminded that we actually have been—you know—they've been sent here to bring God's kingdom here on earth alongside us, and we have the power of the Holy Spirit in and through us that we're not alone. And so. As a church, I believe it's really time to rise up like never before. The verse that kept coming to me time and time again was arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you even though darkness covers this earth. God's glory rises upon you. If I can have the worship team, please. I believe, as I said before, the Lord's wanting to awaken his church and remind us of the authority that was purchased for us and the power that we have in Christ. And so today I don't know what, what's going on. If there's a storm that you face, I do know that, that we live in a very broken world though. And while we may be th- through the thick of the pandemic, we're not to become complacent. And think, oh, we can breathe again. Because there's a spiritual war going on that we don't see. And so I believe that the Lord wants to encourage you where you are right now. That he's not asleep in the boat. And he's not caused this storm. He will use it. But just like father said to Simba, the Lord would say, I've not left you nor I've never left you. But remember who you are. And as Simba remembered who he was, he went back to take his rightful place as kings. And as we remember who we are, let us take our rightful place as royal priests, children of the King of Kings, those who have authority in Christ to exercise his will. See, Satan, as I said, no longer has authority only just what we allow him. And so it's time for the church to draw a boundary line, a line in the sand and say no more. It's time for us as a church to emerge in new strength, in power of the Holy Spirit. I just feel like we're meant to sing that first song. Is that um, the first one we did? Um, There's a line in there that I feel like the Lord wants to release healing and he wants to release strength. So Father, I just want to thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that when you look out, you see a beautiful bright. You see a glorious bride. You see an army of God that would march together as one people, as one voice, declaring the praises of him who called us out of darkness. Father, I thank you that you have given us authority in your name, that we don't need to be passive and And say, well, what will God do? No, we're called to to be your ambassadors here on earth. So, Father, encourage your church. Release your church. Just like last week was the day of Pentecost, remembering the day of Pentecost, where the disciples gathered in one place and waited and you sent the Holy Spirit in power and tongues of fire fell. Lord even now would you send your fire Lord would you send your anointing Would you send your power would you release your healing In Jesus name So we're just going to sing this song and then we're going to ask everyone to stand up but then we're going to we're going to do ministry a little bit different we're not going to ask everyone to come down but if you at the end I'm going to pray and if you know that you just need healing today or you need to exercise authority over a situation where you've just allowed the enemy to come in we're just going to spend some time praying um, and believe that the Lord wants to do something fresh in us today so why don't you stand and join us as we sing